Welcome to the Codcast from Commonwealth Magazine. I'm Bruce Mole, and today I'm joined by Kara Solomon and George Powell of Everyday Boston, an unusual nonprofit that uses stories and storytelling to bring people together. Kara and George, let's get your stories first. Kara, Tell us a little bit about you and how Everyday Boston came about. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. I appreciate it. It's nice to be here. Um, So I grew up outside of Boston um, in a small town called Wayland. And as my career, I ended up choosing um, a reporter. It was a way for me to um, kind of bridge divides that I cared about from the very beginning. And I worked as a reporter for uh, the Seattle Times and the Hartford Current for several years. And over the course of those years, I heard a lot of concerns from people, particularly people of color, but frankly, people all across the board, um, about the way that the media was covering or not covering their communities um, and the ripple effect that that had on the way that other people saw them and the way that they saw themselves. And at a certain point when I came back to Boston um, and was doing some freelancing in the city, I just, I felt like it was not enough for me to keep sort of parachuting into neighborhoods and um, writing human interest stories. Um, There was a sense of resignation that people had about the stereotypes that were really traveling like a virus through the city and through the country. Um, And there was a sense of powerlessness. And I thought that perhaps it was more important to give people a tool that they could use, in other words, interviewing. that they could use to sort of capture the city that they see um, by interviewing neighbors that they knew and neighbors that they wanted to know um, and building community in that way, but also being given this really precious and empowering responsibility that you and I know about um, versus reporters to listen to somebody else's story and share it with the wider world. So that's really how Everyday Boston um, began. George, it's your turn. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got involved with this. Well. I met Kyra through the prison program. I came home from prison during eight years, and um, I was with Span. And I met her through a, late, a woman that was working there named Emily, introduced me to her. And, you know, Kyra came to me with this story, like, you know, I want to share stories, and I, I need people from the neighborhood to tell the stories, you know, to, like, um, share, share their experience through life, right? That's what it's really about. That's what, to me, that's, what I got from Everyday Boston, when Kyra came to me, was like, okay, the interviewing thing is one thing. It's a formal thing, like what we're doing right now, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. But the real thing is the connection, right? It's how we connect with each other. And the best way to connect with each other is through stories, correct? So Kyra got everybody. She got, he got me together. I met Kathy from the town, um, Charlestown. Our common was from Mission Hill. We had Gabby from Dorchester, and I was from Roxbury, so we all came together, right? So it was like, it was me with a bunch of women, so that was a beautiful thing right there alone, right? <laughs> so, so it was a bunch of women and me, and we all got our story together. But what really got me one day was uh, Kathy's story, right? So Kathy's from Charlestown. She was talking about the um, busing era mm-hmm. and what she went through in the busing era and how she felt like everybody forgot about her. People of Charlestown missing their prom, and missing the football skin, the cheerleading, the prom dance, and the whole Boston area in Boston. So I like that story really resonated with me as far as never looking at what the other person's going through in life. You know, you always think you're going through something bad or whatever. But when you see somebody else's hear somebody else's story, now you can relate and be compassionate or empathize. So that's what I get from everyday Boston. It's like a platform when you 
when you look 20 years down the line and you go on Everyday Boston site, you be like, yeah, not 2020, 2018, these were the stories of the city. It's, it'd, be like a, it'd be like a historic site that you could always go back and hear what the everyday person talked about. And that, that really meant to me because I take it now in my everyday life, and I don't just interview people. It's like now I'm communicating with people on a better level. You understand? I'm more like, I'm, it's more like a, how would I say? It's more personal, mm -hmm. right? Because an interview is more in personal. You just want to interview. But when you learn about the person's story, and you can be like, wow. I can relate to that, whether it's black, Spanish, rich, poor, whatever, Muslim, Jew, whatever, Christian, whatever. You relate to a story. A story is easy to relate to. Mm -hmm. So once you get a story going, it, it, it's like it brings people together because we can relate to stories. So that's what got me with Everyday Boston more than anything else. It's like the stories is like I heard stories of, you know, from an old lady who had cancer. I, I think she had um, Alzheimer's and her husband was asking her to leave. Or something like that, right? You know the story I'm talking about? And it's like, it was like, she was like, okay, go ahead and go live your life. I thought that was so deep. It's like, you, this is a two senior citizen people that's been together for like 30, 40 years. And, you know, she gave them the okay to go ahead on, you know, and her yeah. sickness. It's like, stories are so intimate that if we learn to share stories, we realize that we are not different at all. Kara, how does it work? You know, just practically, how does this work at Everyday Boston? Yeah, so there are a few um, sort of different ways that we try to connect people through um, through stories. And one of them is, you know, we started with the story, what's called the Story Ambassador Program. So George was a founding Story Ambassador. George and, and Kathy and, um, and Carmen and Gabby were the ones who sort of started the whole thing out and shaped the organization and gave it its, its foundation and its vision. Um, but what happens there is I, you know, obviously my background is as a reporter and I, um, I teach people essentially how to interview for somebody else's story. Um, and, you know, it require interestingly, it requires all the skills that you really need to succeed in life generally, <laughs> um, which is, you know, listening well and being able to sort of get to the heart of the matter, um, being able to deal with people who are different from yourself. So, um, so people go through a training at this point. It's no longer just the four um, story ambassadors. Anybody can be a story ambassador, anyone who lives or works in the city. Um, and you go through a two-hour training and um, and then people can choose who they who in this wonderful city um, they actually want to interview. Um, it could be somebody that they they know. It could be somebody that they want me to just match them up with from a different neighborhood or a different community. Um, and then we will sit down for you know maybe a half an hour long interview, record that interview. I or somebody else will transcribe the interview. Um, that interview may be three or four thousand words, and then we, we edit it. I edit it down and, and send it back to the story ambassador um, to see whether we feel that it's representative of what that person has said and what their experience um, that they were trying to communicate. And George and I have had some very interesting uh, back and forths about some yeah. of the, the stories that I, I remember distinctly early on. Um, that there was a story uh, that I sent to him at like two in the morning. He was working, I think, at the Home Depot on the night shift, and he and I said, you know, what do you think? Do you think we've have done a good job on on editing this story? And he just sent it back. He's like, nope, <laughs> nope, not not interesting enough. You forgot this part. We need to put, you know. So we've had really profound, to me, really interesting discussions that I never actually had in the newsroom about what constitutes a story and how do you preserve um, the essence of what somebody is saying and at the same time make it compelling enough that other people can really um, appreciate their experience. So George, wh what 
What does constitute a story in your opinion? What constitutes a story? Well, the story what we're talking about. Yeah. What constitutes, I think, something that's compelling, something that's a, a true life experience. That's what's, right? It could be your walk down the street and you feel a certain way from walking from here to uh, Park Street and you might feel sad at that moment. You know what I mean? You might remember something that you want to talk about, right? Right. And it might be like, miss the death of a loved one or something like that. And that walk brought some, maybe you saw somebody that represented that person and you want to tell, well, one day I was walking down the street and I saw a lady that looked just like my mama. And it brought back so much memories that, um, you know, shed tears. And I, and I thought about my mother, how she used to cook for me and how she, you know, we laughed and watched, whatever. So, you know, things like that. True stories, not like, you know, we want stories that's really about the person, the individual, the soul, not the, not the commercial, not the, not the, uh, not what they do, do but, but yeah, how they feel, feel. the feeling, yeah. the feeling of the person. You don't want, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you could do labels, you could do careers, you could do like status and all that. That's not stories. You want what made you laugh, what made you cry, what made you smile, what made you hurt, what made you pain, what made you feel successful, what made you, those are things that makes the story, that makes the person come across that makes you feel what they're feeling you know what I'm saying it's like the inner the inner inner feeling that's what you want more than anything else from anybody and that's what you want in a relationship with your woman or your man you want that at your job you want that just in everyday life if you could relate to people like that on an everyday schedule the world would be a better place yeah and that's what you're trying to do mm-hmm. and and these uh, stories as you compile them um, it's very different, as you said, from what you read in, you know, most reporters would say, though, that's not what we, we, we don't, right. we don't go there. Uh, we're more interested in the status, more policy, more, you know, what, whatever, not the true feelings behind it. But wh- where are you guys trying to take this? What, I mean, so that would have an impact on you, but you're hoping that the story that is written about the interview uh, what are you hoping that impact is? What, what are you hoping it will happen as you as you build more and more stories? Yeah. So um, I think first of all, just to clarify that the stories that are on our in our story library on our website um, are actually first person narratives. So we're shaping. So when George and I go back and forth on you know what to include, it's very we generally agree on what makes for a good story, but we might say like this paragraph, you know, this person has gone on too long, that kind of thing. So I think the so these first person narratives are are on the website and you can read them and hopefully you know connect with people through that through that way but i think our larger goal what we have um, evolved into um, is really very much uh, a community building organization so you know we're obviously living in um, in a very tense times in this country. People have forgotten how to listen to each other. People have forgotten how to talk to each other. You know, we've all got our heads in the in our phones. Um, and in this city, we've got some <coughs> historic divides. You know, we've come a long way, but we've you know we've got a long way to go. Neighborhood by neighborhood, race by race, income by income. So I think you know our vision for everyday Boston really um, is that Boston surprises everybody, comes from behind like we always like to do, and becomes, um, you know, one of the most famously connected cities in America. Um, so that's our vision, and our plan is to use the power of stories to get there. So, you know, we've got this story ambassador program, like I've just described, but we also we also do community events where we bring people together to share their life.
life experiences. Um, we've got one upcoming as part of the Fierce Urgency of Now Festival for Millennials of Color, and it's all about belonging in Boston. Um, and then the third piece of our work is really around workshops. So we're doing those in the schools, on college campuses, in workplaces, and now in prisons. Um, and those are designed to strengthen people's listening and communication skills through this activity of learning how to interview somebody else about their life story. Um, so I think what we would like to see is, you know, a, a citywide conversation that I think is, is happening in different pockets, but uh, we'd like to broaden that out and jumpstart it, um, about what it looks like to be a really curious and connected culture in this city and how can we use stories to do that because stories are sort of like the gateway drug to human connection. I mean, they're just built into who we are as a species. And so there, it, it's a natural way to connect people at a time when it's very difficult to connect. So George, you, you've been doing this, I think from pretty much the start. start. Yeah. First day, you met her down Dunkin' Donuts or was it mm. uh, Burger King? Burger King. Burger King. And from that point on, off and running. <laughs> Mm. I live in New York too. I came all the way from New York to come here sick. Just let her, I just want her to know that. All the way oh, from you here know from New I York. Know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just teasing. So as you to you know hear people's stories and then share them with uh, through the website with with other people. Um, I wanted to little ask a little bit about how you select who you want to talk to, who you want to reach out to to learn their story. How, well, how does that happen? Well, in the beginning, we did with people that we knew, so it made it so we can learn to, comfort, to get a comfort zone. But then after a while, we just start walking the street. Me and Kyle walk, hey, how you doing? Come here. And, you know, we, how your day going? And blah, You know what I mean? We just start asking questions. And, and what was the time. reaction when you stopped people on the street and said, tell me your story? It wasn't too bad. It really nah, wasn't? honestly. Yeah, you'd be surprised. People want to talk. People want to be listened to. That's why I think of this more than anything. Yeah. People want them people to be listened. If somebody, you know, we all got ears, but we don't use it, right? True. So... This is like a way of giving people a voice, right? And you'd be surprised. People is not that standoffish when you approach them with a positive attitude and a good energy, right? Because like we said, we're going from within. So we connect from within, within, then we're not going to get the rejection. You know what I mean? So they feel it. So there's not that much rejection. Don't get me wrong. There is some people, you know, we're going to dudes hang on the corner. Hey, what's going on, dude? How you doing, my bro? Ah, man, get out of here, man. Get that, get that microphone out of here. <laughs> hey, you're going to get that. That's, you're supposed to. That's respectful. Okay, see you later. You know, but as a whole, no, nah, it's, um, it's about how we connect. It's how we approach the person. I think and they, the people that we're approaching really want to be heard. And is it a, a certain type of person you you would be looking for? Or? No, no. I, I like to talk to everybody. I don't care, white, black, Spanish, Asian, rich, poor, drunk, sober. I don't give a damn. I mean, it's, it's, I think everybody deserves to be heard, listened to. I, I don't want no. I'm not that. I'm not that. I've been in prison, so I had to deal with the whole community with inside the walls. So it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not segregating myself from the world. Absolutely not. And what about geographically? Are you trying to get all across Boston, Kara, or are you just seeing who you bump into on the street? Yeah, I think we need to be more deliberate about that. I think we've got a lot of stories out of certain neighborhoods. Um, I would say Dorchester is, is uh, probably the, the best represented, Roxbury, um, Mattapan. East Boston, I think we need more um, Back Bay, you know, um, I think we need uh, more Brighton, Alston. So I think, uh, you know, we do not want to replicate sort of the patterns of segregation in Boston by only focusing on certain neighborhoods. Um, it's a capacity issue at this point. Um, but I think the goal absolutely is to be um, 
connecting people all across the city because that doesn't really build community if you're just sticking in certain neighborhoods. Right. And are you trying to build more story ambassadors or in, grow your your group of interviewers? Yes. So um, absolutely. So we have occasional trainings now um, where people who are interested in becoming story ambassador um, can come and, and do this training and then they get sort of set on the path of becoming a story ambassador. Um, George and I have been talking um, increasingly. I've been doing the workshop, um, this workshop that we all, we came up with called the Curiosity and Connection Workshop. Uh, which I think I described earlier, been doing it in, in uh, with inmates. And um, George and I are particularly interested in working with returning citizens. So we'd like to set up, um, you know, sort of a stipend program um, for returning citizens to work with us. So usually story ambassadors are not compensated. It's you know, community building activity. Um, but I think, you know, it's critical, you know, when people are just leaving and they are quite disoriented. Um, you know, George can obviously speak to this uh, certainly better than I, but I think that this this could be a really um, a, a win-win for both sides. It's just uh, George, as I've mentioned previously, is sort of a visionary and has helped um, the organization so significantly. He's shaped it alongside me and everybody else. Um, so, to tap into that kind of talent and skill is something that we really want to do with people coming home. But I don't know, George, do you want to speak to that? Yeah, well, you know, coming home is like, when you're in prison, you have like a standoff, you have a standoff personality, because especially coming into the world, and we don't know how to communicate. So we don't know how to listen, because we, we don't trust nobody. There's no trust, there's no trust there. So every day, what we're aiming to do is we want the men and women that's coming home to learn how to communicate, right? So they could go to deal with a job interviews, or they could uh, just deal with everyday life. Go, you know what I mean? Just just deal with walking the street, and you know, like when you first come home and you're on the bus and somebody walk beside you like this, you know, you're like jumpy, you're like who's behind? So you need to just learn to relax. So I think once we learn, once guys, men and women that come home learn that through communicating and interviewing other, talk, talking to other people outside the prison, guys that's in prison or the, or the uh, COs, and they're dealing with like your story, her story, they realize that you know, they could let those guards down a little bit because people generally care. Like Kyle came up with a great idea with um, like connecting guys, men and women coming home from prison with senior citizens. Beautiful, right? You got elderly people who got a lot of stories you got men and women who's coming home who needs this guidance or, or this senior, you know what I mean, the head figure, older, the generation, like another generation stories that can help them move them along the way. Hey, their struggles, they had, and I understand the way we come home isn't that far off from these 89-year-old men and women who struggles and maybe whatever in their lives. So through these stories, when, when, when we come home and we could communicate and we could relate then we have more chance to be successful. Communicating and relating, two words, right? Important words. We could relate with each other and we could communicate with each other. Once we create those two words and we could live those words, it becomes an easier situation to go forward. And how um, the, the interview process, um, so I'm accustomed to going in an interview with a certain goal in mind, what I want to get or what I think I need, and then I wait to see if there's any surprises. When you go into an interview, um, what are you looking for? I know you want to hear what about people, but that could be, uh, you know, you could be sitting there for three hours hearing someone's life story. And 
how do you go in and make this sort of a time-efficient way for both of you to, to, to get? Okay, this way we buck heads. See, that's where the professionals come in, right? That's what she does, and that's what you do. I can't get with that. Okay. Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, I can't. She's like, oh, let's, let's, let's sit down and plot this out. What yeah, are we going to ask here? Let's do this here. How are we going to ask this question here? How are we going to do this here? No, you be plotting out. You be like, yo, let's sit down here. What are we going to ask this question? Is we going to ask? I, I, I don't like that. I, I personally, I just feel like you should go by how the person feels at that moment. Like, if I see your body language, right, I, I go according to that, like, me personally. Like, then, you know, then we got basic questions like, you know, like, um, what was your... A time you felt insecure, you know they got like we got questions that 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 Kara told us that it's a good that builds good stories to get to the inner person. So we got certain questions that she had laid out that ta- she taught us to, like how to ask certain questions to get to the inner persons like that. Like what a time that you felt uh, that you accomplished something that you didn't think you could accomplish. So this will get the inner stories right. This will get the person talking from within themselves right. So the little little sentences like that that she created allowed us to get to that thing. But I, I really like doing it off the cuff person. I live my whole life off the cuff, so that's why it's so easier for me to do it off the cuff. Do you have person. a favorite uh, interview that you've done? That I've done personally? Yeah. My favorite interview was, let me see, that I personally did. You don't say Kathy, she's going to be mad. Who, Kathy? <laughs> Kathy. Yeah, I got to say Kathy, right? got to say Kathy. Yeah, I got to say Kathy. She's- She's from Charleston, right? No, no, not that Kathy. Kathy. Oh, different She's from Easton. She's from East Boston. (laughs) Yeah, she's my buddy, right? That's my buddy. We still talk to today. I mean, she calls me, I love you, George. I I, I love you, Kathy. Mm -hmm. That's my buddy. She, yeah, yeah. Kathy, I think... And why did you like that one so much? Because Kathy's an Eastie. She's really East Boston. You know what I mean? She got this language. She got the whole personality. She got the little... Not she got a little, you know. She she talks her mind. She doesn't hold back. She's Boston for real. She's like East Boston. Like she's old school East Boston. Like it's like when you talk to you know you sit down in front of somebody that's born and raised in Boston. So you and, were very interested in sort of seeing what that type of person was all about. Well, I lived it, so I knew it. But it was just good to see that person still around. Yeah. That, that you know what I mean since the neighborhood is changing so much and right. then it's good that that person is still in East Boston and still got that same personality hasn't changed you know what I mean so that was good to see that and she's just a likable person she curses like a sailor so I love it you know what I mean <laughs> she'll be like f you know she's just she's herself and I love I love people who could be themselves like if you could if you don't have to put on this. Uh, facade that you're this or that and you just be okay if you make a million dollars or you make a dollar just be yourself you know what I mean and that's what I like that's why I think I like Kathy more than anything else because she's herself Kara what would you would you have a favorite well I I was just going to jump in on the Kathy one because I was there um it's probably, it might be Kathy because of the relationship I think that we've all built as a result of it. It's kind of what we want everyday Boston to be, essentially. But it was as a result of going on like almost like a little field trip to East Boston one day. And we went into Eddie C's, which I had written about for BUR for an article. And so we were asking people, who should we interview? And some guy was taking, I think his name was Sal, he was taking a sandwich over to Bobby the barber. And he was like, let's go. And so <laughs> George and myself and Gabby went. And um, George was interviewing Bob the Barber, who's a great guy, and Kathy was in the seat. And she was like, oh, you're from Roxbury? And then she just jumped in and then, you know, went to town. She and to Yeah, she did. She <laughs> did. And she just started to, you know, she's a natural-born storyteller. To, to George's yeah. point about, 
you know, I think the point of, um, you know, that ideally people sort of, uh, I, I sort of set them up hopefully for asking story type questions, you know, you know how to, how, mm-hmm. how it works. Like think of um, somebody's life as a movie. What you want to think about is slowing down to a scene or a moment or a character. Um, and so people will formulate questions sometimes around that, like tell me about a time when um, that kind of a structure and then they go off and running. But, you know, with Kathy, you don't even need that. And, and that relationship has, um, has sustained. You know, I see her every week almost, and George talks to her all the time. So I think that's one of my favorites. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, thank you both for joining me today and coming in and you. sharing your stories. And for our listeners, we'll see you again next week. And I don't know.